And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Field watches downfield. He's got a touchdown. Ohio State. Just the tradition here, the history here, the, the pride, you know, here in Chicago is just unmatched. Fields down the field. Caught for a touchdown. Make it five touchdowns for Fields tonight. I just love the energy already. I'm just, you know, glad to be a bear and, you know, glad to be a part of this great city and great organization. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. A taller Russell Wilson or a more polished Cam Newton? Where do I sign up for that? And from The Athletic, it's Kevin Fishman. Look at me being the one. I'm giving the Bears too much credit. Let's begin now. What's up? Welcome in Hogue and Johns with you. Packer week rolls on. Bears-Packers Sunday night at Lambeau Field, and we are missing Adam Johns again. Kevin Fishbane is here. What's up, Kevin? What's up, Hogue? Shout out to Johns, holding down the fort for him. Doing my best, Josh McCown, two games in a row. <laughs> again, you know, you're, you're coming for him. There's starting to be a brewing controversy. Mark Carmen's definitely in your corner. Today, by the way, eight-year anniversary of that Josh McCown Cowboys game that we talked about. Oh, wow. Earlier this week, yeah. I, you know what my favorite memory of that? Did he hit Marquise Wilson for a touchdown late in that game? Is that the game I'm thinking of? He might have. That was 2013. So was Marquise Wilson healthy? Yeah, he was, he was back by then. There was some game. It was like a garbage time touchdown. Maybe I'm thinking of the game in 14 when they lost. Hmm. There was some garbage time touchdown against the Cowboys at Soldier Field that either won me my fantasy league or won me my semifinal round. It all comes back to Hogue's fantasy. Oh, team. it does. You know, because you're sitting up there and you're going, this game's over. And um, there was some garbage time touchdown. Nothing. There's nothing better than winning a fantasy championship on a garbage time touchdown with some random player like Marquise Wilson. Yeah, just ask Connor McKnight, who beat me. With an Austin Safarian Jenkins garbage time touchdown that I probably talked about on this podcast 17 times when Ooh. the Bears played the Buccaneers. See, and Connor listens to this. So now. Well, Connor, I, I still hold the grudge against the Bears for not knocking down that meaningless Hail Mary in that game. Which you should. Which you yes. should. Uh, welcome in. Uh, we are uh, rolling on without Johnsy this week. He's okay. Everything, everything's fine. We're just. Uh, Moving ahead, which we've had to do a few times here, um, and and you guys did without me last year at one point, so it's all good. Um, follow us at Adam Hogue. That's me, Kevin Fishbane, at K Fishbane on Twitter, and uh, you should be watching us on YouTube, the YouTube channel. We have Zach Miller on the podcast today. Speaking of uh, 2013, 2014, 2015 memories, Zach Miller uh, the Bears, t- former Bears tight end, will be on here to talk about a whole bunch of different stuff. He's got some cool things going on and obviously has some good Bears-Packers rivalry. He was part of the team, the last team that won at Lambeau Field in 20. Caught a touchdown in that game. That's right. 
So uh, you want to check if you want to see Zach Miller, you can watch us on YouTube as well. Uh, read Kevin Johnsy, the whole crew on the Athletic, theathletic.com/slash/hogan-johns is where you go to subscribe. You can read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. I have a story up on Tevin Jenkins and his whole road to recovery and what led to the back surgery that he opened up with uh, talking to us yesterday at Alice Hall. So you can check that out. Uh, we should, we'll get there actually here talking about that, but we should start Kev with uh, the news, which we were expecting. We kind of hinted at this on Tuesday that uh, Justin Fields is back. He is playing. He, his uh, ribs are fully healed. According to Matt Nagy, although he still has some pain, as he, he mentioned, uh, that he'll probably play through. But um, Justin Fields making this game more interesting Sunday against the Packers. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I, I think, you know, we joke about reasons to watch. and I know Bears fans are going to watch no matter what. And, and um, you know, by, by the way, I had, I had a mailbag question last week, which was, if you were a Bears fan, not a reporter, would you still watch the end of the season? Ooh. And I said, you're talking to somebody who set aside his entire Saturday afternoon after Thanksgiving to watch a 3-9 and nine Northwestern team lose 47-14 to Illinois. So, yes, yeah. if I were a Bears fan, I would, I'm, the t- I'm the type of fan, like the teams that I'm a fan of. You know, I, I'm, I am the orchestra on the Titanic. I will go down with, mm-hmm. with, with the ship there. So, but if people are actually looking for a legitimate reason, it's Justin Fields because everything is about him. This is a big moment for him on prime time in Lambeau Field. Um, and I think, too, Hogue, like, I don't know if Nagy, Matt Nagy might have wanted to take this into Friday like he has before and wait. I think it's always better if it's like, you know, as early as you can in the week who the starting quarterback is. You just go ahead and announce it. You, you, you get and, and, you know, Andy Dalton being hurt, you know, Matt Nagy said doesn't didn't change anything, but I do think it, you know, just the knowing now Justin Fields is starting, he knows it, he can go into the week with all that preparation, all the reps, um, just puts him in the best position they can put him in uh, to, you know, try to do something special on Sunday night. Yeah, and and, and that's the thing, like Dalton being hurt, I think kind of takes the uh, the gamesmanship out of it because we right. would have seen by the end of the day that Justin Fields practiced in full and Andy Dalton did not. And so are you really going to go into like, a, is a Nick, is Nick Foles going to play? Like, no. I mean, so um, it's Justin. It's good. It gives us something to watch um, and cover. And we're excited about that. And uh, I think that some of the bigger questions are maybe, does Allen Robinson return? He was out there yesterday, limited, but I don't, he looked to me, and again, we only get to see the beginning of practice. So, we don't get to see when they go into team stuff and that. But I, he was doing all the same things that the rest of the wide receivers were doing when we were out there. So that tells me he's getting closer. Uh, we saw last year Akeem Hicks. Was that last year or two years ago? Two years ago. Two years ago when Akeem Hicks was hurt. And he did everything he could to get back and play in that Packer game, which he probably should not have done. Played through pain. And then he shut, shut it down after that, right? If I remember yeah, that. and he had a great game too. Yeah, he had a couple quarterback hits. He was like all over the place. I I remember looking through my binoculars. You could see like every time he made a play, he was like holding that elbow and was in so much pain. Um, so it was a gutty effort. So we'll see if if he can get back out there. All of a sudden, you add some of these guys, and um, maybe the defense gets a little bit of a boost that you need. You know, the defense didn't play horrible last week. They need to get take the ball away more. 
But they, you take those four takeaways out, it's actually a game against the Cardinals. Yeah, you know, you had the one bad play with Xavier Crawford misses the tackle, and James Conner made a once-in-a-lifetime catch, too, yeah. on that play. I, you know, I don't know what Jalen Johnson could really have done differently on that touchdown. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, that's just a, it was a veteran move. The way yeah, he no, it was good coverage. Out. It was, it was good, good coverage, coverage and, and you got beat Hopkins by a better got, receiver. Yeah. Hopkins got one other target the rest of the game. So it, it's it, it's a hard game to evaluate because because of the short fields. Um, but to me, the problem was you had zero quarterback hits and, as you said, zero takeaways. Although I guess they, they later gave Robert Quinn a sack for that fumbled snap. Um, I'm annoyed by that, by the way. Yeah, break it they, down. Because they, But they gave him a sack when it happened. And so they took I, it away, right? So I actually tweeted, that's Robert Quinn's 12th sack of the season, which is the second most in his career. I tweeted that in the middle of the game, and then I realized halfway through the game they took it away. So I went back and I deleted that tweet because I didn't want to have Ooh. inaccurate information out there. And Ooh. now they come back, and Larry Mayer gets the scoop. Oh, it's his 12th sack, blah, blah, blah. It's the second. No. Don't be messing. This is ridiculous. Well, who's Who's doing this? Larry I don't Mayer. care. If, I don't care if they gave him the sack or not. It was kind of a weird play. Um, I don't know. It didn't really feel like a legitimate sack. He dropped the ball. He dropped the straight. Or is that the one where it slipped out of his hands? Uh, I think that was the one where he. Uh, I think he tried to throw it. It slipped out of his hands, and then he jumped on it. More or less legitimate than Michael Strahan's record-breaking sack. Hmm. I was watching Strahan on the Manning <laughs> cast and they showed that clip and uh, I was watching with my wife and I was you know, saying like this was the record breaking sack and she's like that was it like that broke the record Favre just kind of fell down I'm like yeah oh Brett Favre it's Packers week had to find a way to get Brett Favre in I would say that Robert Quinn's was more legit than <laughs> than Michael Strahan's record breaking sack yeah um, so anyway, it so, does, to your point, it, it, I mean, you need everybody you can get if you're going to win this game. I mean, like, and, and we'll see what happens today. Dave Montgomery did not practice Wednesday, listed with three separate injuries. Yeah, that was surprising. Um, yeah, he doesn't, he's not somebody who like takes maintenance days. Uh, so that's something we have to watch. But again, you need everybody and, and, and you just, you have to, you have to give your absolute best shot. If you want any kind of chance, and so if you get Hicks back, if you get A. Rob back, you know Marquise Goodwin was practicing, Damian Williams was practicing, which could mean a lot if for some reason Dave Montgomery is is hobbled. Um, yeah, you you need everybody you can get. You, you need you need Akeem Hicks to have like a twenty eighteen Vikings game, right? Like you need you need somebody on defense to take over the way Khalil Mack has before. Uh, that, that that's the way Tracy Porter did on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Six years ago. Like, that's and what you need. You got to take the ball away from a guy who doesn't give it up very much. So, uh, not going to be easy. All right. So, Tevin Jenkins talked to the media yesterday for the first time since June 17th. Um, because that was the last time he was healthy. And actually, it turns out he wasn't healthy at the time. But uh, he was fighting through a back back pain that he was dealing with at that point in the uh, off-season program that was veteran minicamp. Um and so he is now back from his August back surgery. He talked to us 
Uh, that was the first time we've talked to him in person, actually, uh, at House Hall. And uh, I appreciated how kind of forthright he was about the whole situation. Um, now, like the Bears, he insists that the pain he was feeling back in the summer was different than what he was dealing with at Oklahoma State last year, which ended his season early. Um, he admitted that he probably was pushing, trying to push through it a little bit too hard, especially when they got back uh, training camp because the plan... And, and I still go back to this. The biggest indication that the Bears did not think this was going to be a significant thing was that they did not put him on pop to start, um, which meant that when they actually had the surgery, he had to go on IR. Uh, and to have him come back this year, they actually had to have him on the roster at the beginning of the season before they put him on IR. So it that was a thing that I still go back to is like, all right, they, they really thought that they could treat this and it'd be okay. But then you hear Tevin Jenkins yesterday tell us that at its worst, he had, un, quote, unbearable pain shooting down his leg. So it obviously got really bad, and they decided on surgery. Yeah, and I, I know it was easy for Bears fans to come up with conspiracy theories about the injury based on, and, and I don't blame them based on the history we've had with this front office and how they handle injuries and draft picks and all that stuff. But, you know, maybe it, it helps verify that this is this is different. I don't anybody who's dealt with nerve pain. I mean that is brutal, and it's um, you know for him to have gone through that. And Hogue, I I'm gonna be honest with you. Once they put once they announced the surgery, I had in my head I'm like this guy's not coming back this year. Like I I didn't think he you know not knowing not being a doctor or anything just just knowing offensive lineman back surgery, like just those just those words together. I'm like no way. So now he's back, and he wouldn't be out there if they didn't trust that he could play tackle in a whole game if he needed to. So I, I think it's positive, um, and it was it was good to hear from him. Uh, and, and as you said, hear him kind of detail that. And, and now the question is, what do you do with him? What do you do with him as this as the season goes on to the end? I, I think everybody wants to see him start, or even in the Matt Nagy kind of ruled out rotating series with him. Like that's not going to happen. Yeah. So what? do you do you do you ask do you ask Jason Peters in week sixteen and say hey we really appreciate what you did for us thanks for coming off the fishing boat you know and returning to the game and and uh, you know and he he's been good he's been I mean, way better than I think anybody expected do you ask him to say hey can you, you we'll take the rest of the year off and let's let let's let Tevin get in well the way you hear Tevin talk about Jason Peters and. You know, guys say things, and sometimes you believe them, sometimes you don't. Like, I truly did believe yesterday when he was talking about, like, the silver lining of this whole thing is that he's been able to sit in that room with, with Jason Peters and learn as much as he has. Um, now he can't get his job back, though, because Jason Peters is there. I honestly think part of this is Justin Fields, and I think it should be. Like, on the surface, yes, should the rookie that you drafted number 39 overall be playing over a 39-year-old left tackle at this point in the season when you're out of it? Yes, absolutely. You should get the development. But you also have a quarterback, a rookie quarterback, and a rookie right tackle. There's a lot going on there. And 
There's more than just Jason Peters being a reliable left tackle and keeping guys off of the quarterback. He is out there identifying defenses, seeing things. He has the type of experience that Tevin Jenkins just doesn't have. So while I do agree with the idea, just in a vacuum, that Jenkins should be playing over Peters, if that's at the detriment of Justin Fields, then I don't agree with it. Because Justin Fields still matters more than anybody. Um, so if you can get his feet wet, Jenkins, that is, get his feet wet. Another reason to just kind of be careful with this whole thing. Make sure the s- symptoms don't come back. Make sure his back's okay. Like, I'm okay with slow playing this. Also understanding that if an injury occurs, even on the right side, then you throw him in at right tackle. Or, I don't know, if one of the guards gets hurt, can you kick... Peters or Borum or Jenkins inside. I think I think those are possibilities too. Um, Peters does have some experience at guard. Just things to keep in mind. There's a lot, there's still a lot of football to be played. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I think that, you know, we, we sometimes can overrate the whole getting advice from a veteran. But I think in this specific case, you can tell how much it matters and how much it could matter for him to continue to learn. From Jason Peters, especially learning from Jason Peters now that Tevin Jenkins can actually go on the practice field and do it, like he can do the the specific physical things that Peters is doing that he's learning. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I just think that like it's it's a weird the way it turned out like this that, that Peters has played well enough that you kind of want him in the lineup as long as Justin Fields is your quarterback, and you know, maybe it's just a finale. Maybe it's just a season season finale. Maybe Hogue, the plan for Justin Fields. Turns out to be the plan for maybe Tevin Jenkins is Patrick Mahomes in this scenario, and Jason wow. Peters is Alex Smith. So Jason Peters, the veteran, he holds down the fort, does a pretty good job. Season finale doesn't mean anything. Then Peters sits out. Tevin Jenkins comes in. You're like, oh, all right, we're pretty feeling pretty good. Next year, Tevin Jenkins is a starting left tackle. He's throwing five touchdowns a game. Bears are going to the Super Bowl. Tevin Jenkins is throwing five touchdowns a game. I got my positions a little confused there, but you get what I'm saying. I, I got confused listening to it, but I mean that's the that's the that's the long play nobody was expecting for sure. All right, um, let's go ahead and bring in Zach Miller to the podcast of former media good guy award winner, which I think is the most prestigious award you can get. Uh, certainly of the awards handed out by us. I think that's the one award handed out by us. Uh, Zach Miller, former Bears tight end, really good dude. And um, here he is. Time to talk some Bears and some other things with Zach Miller. He's Zach Miller, the former Bears tight end, rocking the Miller Lite Bears sweater. If you're watching on YouTube, and we hope you are, check out the YouTube stream. What's up, Zach? What's going on, guys? How are you? We're good. We're just, you know, uh, unfortunately getting through one of these, you know, seasons where it's December and they're out of it again. And we're kind of used to this by now, Zach, but uh, we're not you know, out we're, of it. We're in the hunt. Oh, that's right. I forgot that one <laughs> that 1% chance of still getting. <laughs> so out. you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> uh, well, Zach's doing some awesome stuff uh, with Miller Lite this week. And uh, which is perfect because your last name. Is that why they go to you? I think it was a, a, a pretty like well-aligned partnership with them being the Bears beer sponsor. And then the, the last name lining up. It might have just been meant to be. Plus, I love their beer. So 
Yeah. It's well, a win-win hey, for me. Miller Lite uh, has been a, a big supporter of this podcast, too. And uh, right. I remember we we had those sweaters last year or a different version or a close version. Um, and so you are going to be out on Sunday uh, with Miller Lite jumping around different neighborhoods mm-hmm. around Chicago, right? Uh, South yeah. Loop, West Town, Bucktown, River North. What are you guys going to be doing? Yeah. So uh, it is the Miller Lite, you know, the Bears. So we got the Miller Lite mobile tailgate. And we're Bears play the Packers out of town, going up to Lambeau. So we're going to hang out in the city and, and turn it up. We're going, like you said, four different locations. Uh, South Loop, River North, West Town and Bucktown. Is that correct? Yes. All four of them, yeah. So we're going to be hopping on there. We're starting at noon, and it's going to be a full day of bar hopping and having a lot of fun, handing out these sweaters, uh, limited edition Bears Miller Lite gear, a whole bunch of other Miller Lite swag that we're handing out. Um you know, just, just throughout the day. So find those locations. They're all on my social media right now. And I think they'll probably will be a, a little more detailed map, um, maybe Saturday or, or Sunday coming out, but we're just moving around the city and going to have a good time uh, watching the bears, hopefully beat the Packers. I was going to say it's a, it's a bummer. You couldn't just bring that, uh, the bus up to Lambeau after all that. Cause I, there might be some bears fans in the stands there that would, could use a couple Miller lights and a couple of nice bears sweaters to keep them warm. Maybe that is a uh, an addition for next year for if, if the mobile <laughs> tailgate goes well. Maybe we start earlier, and then after that, we make the little trip up to uh, make the drive up to Lambo. We could do that. We sell out the bus, too. Yeah. Maybe we do that, and we turn it into somebody who's got to buy tickets to hop on there. So we'll see how I'll it goes. Ju- I'll jump on the bus. Um, Hell yeah. Zach, all right, you know this rivalry well. Yeah. You know how it usually goes, unfortunately. And now we got this sort of added uh, dimension to it with Aaron Rodgers saying, <laughs> I own you to the, not even to the players, but to the fans in the yeah. corner of Soldier Field. So, I, you know, we've got kind of mixed results from the players and coaches so far this week about how much that really matters to them. As a player, how much would that have ticked you off and motivated you going into Lambo this week? It wouldn't have. Okay. I mean... Listen, Aaron's had uh, tremendous success against us and uh, really at Soldier Field. And I don't think that was directed to anybody at, you know, on the other side of the the, the sideline that he's playing against. I know that that was probably uh, an emotional celebration with him in the end zone and going back and forth with the fans. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've done that in different stadiums with fans when you're on the road and, and having uh, having a good time. I don't, I don't think uh, it's more than, than what it was, but at the same time, we gotta, we gotta beat them. You know, if, if we don't want that to happen, we gotta go up to Lambeau and, uh, and, and take that away from them. So it, it, for me, I didn't see anything, uh, you know, that would have made me pissed off as a player. How about uh, some more positive Bears Packers memories? Let's take let's go back to Thanksgiving Thanksgiving 2015. You caught a touchdown memory. in yeah. that game at Lambeau Field, and, and again, like you know, nobody on I, I guess Pat Pat O'Donnell is the only one I think on this team who's on that team. Uh, Eddie Goldman, that's yeah. it. So you know, these guys who have been on the team for three four years don't know what it's like to win in Lambeau. Right? Is that the and, last and, time we won up there? Yeah, that's the last yeah. time. I mean, what what stands out to you about when you think back to that that moment and that night? Yeah. Uh, See, just like that was a, that was a big night. It was Thanksgiving night, correct? So you go yeah. up on a Thursday night, 
they're retiring uh, Brett's jersey, you know, and, and they did that intentionally for what the rivalry is. You know, we're going to have our the face of our franchise and retire his jersey here at halftime and make this big spectacle of it Thursday night on Thanksgiving. And what a way for us to go up there and ruin it. Uh, the weather was pretty typical of Green Bay crap. It was just yep. raining and and uh, dark and cold. And it, it, it the game went, like, down to the wire. I remember catching that touchdown in the, the back left uh, end zone with Cuddy kind of escape a little bit, and me just popped out the back end, and I was like, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> and for us to sneak out of there on Thanksgiving, um, just what that rivalry means to both of our fan bases, and on a night like that where they built it up to uh, to kind of be something special for them, Obviously, it was pretty cool for us to win, but I mean, won there since since then. It's been five years. <laughs> we we got to get one. But that, that's a, that's an example, though. That like you know, again, I don't want to. It's not trying to like build up Bears' hopes, but that's an example of anything can happen. Like that, oh, yeah. I don't think anybody gave you guys a chance in that game, right? And you see what happens. And I feel like that's just how the league goes, right? I mean, you never really know. Um, now you have your you have your top teams this year who are who are playing pretty well. Green Bay is one of them, but that's that's why you play the game. And uh, if you if you go in believing that you got a shot, and you believe that you can win, and not you don't buy into the, the he owns he owns us type of thing. Um, you always got an opportunity to win, but you just got to make it happen. I think one of the things we're trying to figure out right now is um, with the mindset of this team. Yeah, you know, is it. Like that was a new coaching staff that year for you guys. It was I I know you guys weren't having a great season, but you guys were fighting that year. You had that game in San Diego too, where you had that really nice, uh, incredible touchdown catch uh, in that game too. And and it was kind of like a different vibe. I think you guys had um, versus like I hate to bring it up, but 2014, which I know you were injured that year, but you were still around in the the building and. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This team right now is maybe in the middle of that. I, I don't think things are as bad as 2014 as things were kind of falling apart that year. Yeah. But at the same time, the writing does seem to be on the wall here with the head coach. What can you tell us about maybe 2014 where you were going through that? There was that awful game in Green Bay and then everyone kind of knew what was happening and yeah. things kind of started to spiral out of control with a lot of drama. <laughs> I think that was... That was it, yes, the drama. You know, there was yeah. there was um, the like the internal stuff that was going on. You know, they, we had some stuff that leaked out to the media and there's a bunch of um, like we were blowing up from within. Right. Like everything was just getting torn apart. And I think that was probably the the end all of it because um, the dysfunction, I think, kind of started to come to light. And I don't really know that you know, where I was at in my career and had kind of just funneled into the team was on IR that year. I didn't know how dysfunctional it may have been until some of those things started to come out um, at that point. And I don't think they're anywhere near that at this, at this stage um, with coach Nags. Listen, I haven't been there in, in the last year and a half, but when I was there, I'll tell you what, man, I, I, I walked across fire for, for Nags and, and that crew, just because, I mean, when he came in, everything was, you you had this new aura around it and the energy and the excitement, but the, the way that he addressed the team and he spoke to players, I was like, damn, I I would, 
I'd play football for this guy and run through anything just because I felt his energy and I felt the way he connected with the players. And I don't know if that's changed at this point. I don't know, but I know offensively at that stage, like the creativity that we had was, it was fun. And it felt like everything at that moment for the first two years was just a, a very fun environment and it was a creative environment and it was a competitive environment. So when I was there, I mean, I had nothing but but great things to say about that man. Now, I don't know where they're at now. I don't know what it's like internally um, for them. Uh, I know what I hear and just, you know, what we guys, what you guys hear through the media. And I think if they can finish these next however many games, new, new, I think 17 game season now. So I don't know how many games they got left, but if you can go on a run, which if you're competitive and that's what you want to do, if you got a competitive nature, you plan on winning every single one of those. Now, if the cards are stacked against you, people are going to be like, yeah, you're crazy. But that's why you play the game. And there's still a chance. We, we joked about it earlier. If they got a shot, I think you got to step on the field uh, with that type of mindset. Well, and I, I agree with you. I think, you know, we we covered 2014, too, and we're covering yeah. it now. I, I think there's definitely a, a, a significant difference. I, I also wonder, though, like, what did, what did the McCaskies, what did Ted Phillips maybe learn from – not firing Mark Tressman earlier in that season? Like, could yeah. some of that drama have been avoided had a move been made earlier? Uh, you were in there. I mean, do you feel like things could have been different? Yeah, shoot, I don't know, I guess. I never really even thought about that that side of the coin. Um, if you do it early, you know, uh, do you get a do you get a jump start on the coaching search? I don't know if that's a, if that, like, weighs in on it. I'm not – I honestly don't know really – kind of how that plays out. I haven't really even thought about it. Maybe it, um, maybe it avoids some of that drama in there, but I don't think you have that with these guys. Like I honestly don't. And, and thinking back to that crew, I feel like some of those mistakes, like they, they, they were owned, you know, like the people who, who said some of those things, I mean, they came out and said it now. I don't know. Maybe that was intentional. Maybe you, maybe it was a way to like, all right, this I'm trying to, find my way out of here. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kicking around things, but I don't feel like that's uh, the, the makeup of this crew. You know, I feel like if the writing's on the wall for, for coach Nags, which I, I honestly hope it isn't, um, he's going to go down swinging. So we'll see, see how it finishes out. For for this year to be like 2014, you need, Bill Lazor to secretly throw <laughs> Justin Fields under the bus and for it to come out and then Matt Nagy to bench Justin Fields not even for Nick Foles because Nick Foles is a lot better all due respect to Jimmy Clausen maybe for like uh, Dave Montgomery to play all-time quarterback and then you need you need Allen Robinson to challenge um, you know Seahawks fans to a fight before Christmas game. Don't worry, Zach. I'm saying all these things so you don't have to. So th- that would you need all that to happen to get. To I kind of forgot numbers. all that. I kind of <laughs> actually forgot all of that. So I think wow. we could all agree though that if 2014 preseason superstar Zach Miller doesn't get hurt, Man. Oh, it's a different year. I mean, uh, that was um th- that preseason for me was that was like all right. Cause I had been through so much, you know, for the, the previous two years. And I was like, I worked my butt off. Like that was probably the best shape I'd been in prior to that moment. Then I blew my foot out after, I mean, it was week three of the preseason, but I was having a run at it. And I was like, all right, this is, we're finally back. 
to playing playing some ball and I'm gonna get this opportunity to show what I could do and then got hurt again. It's like, damn it, back to the shelf. Um, but who knows what I don't I, I'm not saying I could have saved the day, but maybe <laughs> I could have saved the day. <laughs> Zach, uh, with uh, your your experience and your knowledge of the of the tight end position and you look at a guy like Cole Combat, mm-hmm. who it just seems like has all the athletic gifts that you're yeah. looking for in that spot. He's coming off a tough game for him, and he, you know, he'd be the first one to admit that. Um, what would be your advice to him? Not just like bouncing back from that game, but I'd be curious, just in terms of harnessing what he has. Yeah. Like, and it's so early in his career. Like, what kind right. of advice would you give a young guy like that moving forward? Just to work, because he has everything. Like you said, he has everything, and I think he knows he has everything. But the patience at that position, especially for me, where I was coming from, because I hadn't played the position. So it took me a lot of time to transition into like, okay, I need to learn how to actually play tight end coming from where I was playing quarterback. So the mind frame for me had to change. He's done it for a while, right? So he knows that type of uh, mindset that it that is required to play the position. Now it's just taking time and working and working. What? So me had a ball bounce off his chest the other day. We all know he catches the ball. He's got great catch radius. He's got great athletic ability. I mean, solid for how he is built and how he moves. I think he has every intangible to be a great tight end. Now it's just work. And uh, I'm huge on mindset, man. And I'm huge on, like, if something bad happens, letting it go and carrying confidence with you. Like, there was a point in my career uh, when I was in Jacksonville, um, Mercedes was holding out trying to get – uh, a chunk of money that was rightfully his. And so I was thrown into this spot where I had every single rep, every thing just like handed in my lap. And I kind of really didn't take advantage of it. I, I caught a case of the drops through preseason. And I'm telling you, like, I couldn't catch anything. And I just, I, I just kept working through it. I kept working through it because I knew I could catch the ball. It was just, a, it was a mental game for me. And you can't let mental things play into it because if you really know what you, what you're about, I think for him moving forward, it, it, it'll be it'll be a solid tight end, man. You just got to put the work in and be patient. What are your early impressions of of Justin Fields so far? Yeah, I mean, I think Justin's gonna be a baller. You you see his creativity and his playmaking ability, um, but like like we just talked about with Cole, like there's you got to have growth. Go, coming from from college to the NFL is it's a it's a change it's a different different game and uh, he'll get all that exposure with reps and I mean he's already got it but he's only going to get better and uh, you know we got to protect him and take care of him um, but I think uh, you know where he's going to go will probably turn some heads here in the next couple of years I, I think he's got every ability he's exciting to watch fits right in Chicago. So it's exciting for the fan base and I'm excited to watch him grow for his future as well. They got a good nucleus. Like, I mean, a good group of young players with him, Cole, I mean, you got Demo and, and uh, Tariq, if, if he can, if he can bounce back, I'm not sure what, you know, what's up with Allen um, with a Rob uh, Darnell Mooney. I mean, they got, they got a, a group of, people around him where you got something to build off of and they're all 
I'd say a dynamic group of guys on offense. So I feel like they're going to grow here in the next couple of years. They want to touch on your, uh, your music before we we go. Um, First, why don't you tell uh, the listeners uh, about uh, your latest song and where they can, where they can find it. Yeah. My latest one is called torn up and it's out everywhere. It's weird talking about it because I never like really imagined it, this to ever be a thing. You know, I loved music growing up and music and sports kind of always, they kind of cross over. And, you know, I feel like they go hand in hand. Um, so I started playing when I got hurt, but this it's weird to even be like, hey, I got music out there. It's, it's, it's a funny thing for me to say, but it's everywhere. It's on all the digital uh, streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon. Um, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't want to date you guys, but you guys ever heard of Napster? Yeah, oh, yeah. Of course. Okay. We, we were the Napster, Napster babies. real thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's actually out on Napster. I didn't even know Napster was still a, still a platform. I didn't know that either. It is? It's out there, man. Okay. <laughs> so it's out uh, It's out everywhere. This, la- this last one I wrote was called Torn Up. Um, go check it out. I got, that's my third single. So, you know, I'm just trying to, steadily grow and kind of kind of build a little catalog and kind of find out who i am musically so i'd love it if y'all uh y'all go give it a spin what what's what's been the most rewarding part about this this um, music segment of your life honestly it's just the uh, it, it's like the personal connection that i get with writing music because when i got hurt i i, I needed uh, an escape and i was sitting in the hospital bed for you know damn near two months in the hospital for a month. And then they brought a hospital bed to my house and I laid in that just cause I needed that type of support. And I didn't, I just didn't want to be there. So I had to escape somewhere and I just started writing and I never really thought it would turn into anything, but I just, it did. And I fell in love with the process and the creativity of, you know, putting pen to paper and reliving these moments or going somewhere else um, in my head. And that's really what, what the connection was for me. And I was so scared to put it out because it's such a personal thing. And if people hate it, you're like, Oh dude, I'm crushed. But I had to get to the point where I made it for me. Right. And it was that process that I fell in love with and that I loved. And if I put it out, and people liked it, then it became theirs. And if they didn't, it was something that I that I still uh, enjoyed doing. So that's probably the biggest passion I have for uh, the songwriting part of it. It's probably a little weird listening to yourself, isn't it? Super like even, weird. Even when listening back to these podcasts that we do, I'm yeah. like, that's you know, that's that's the voice. It's weird, but I, I never... gotta say, this is real stuff, though. It's good. Like I I, oh, I found you. it on Spotify. Uh, actually, I think it was two nights ago. And like, this is real. Like I want our listeners to know, like this is legit music that's out there. Right. And that was, I appreciate that. But, but the thing is like, I didn't want people to like, Oh, he's this old ex NFL player. And now he's like messing around with music. Like this, I, this is a real thing for me. Um, it's a real passion for me. And most like I'm approaching it like anything that I've done, like I'm going all in on this and uh, I want it to, to be something that's real. I mean, it's it's very uh thought based right like it's not just i'm putting it out there and doing doing whatever like i've been in nashville recording i got some rights coming up uh, 
you know, with, with some guys in Nashville that we're trying to work on some things. So I, I, I certainly want it to be taken seriously. Um, and if people do listen to it and they like it, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, but that being said, there's a lot of work, you know, for me to, to continue to do um, creatively. I just want to figure out where I'm at, like, you know, with the sound, just because it's so new to me. And so at that stage of the game, I can continue to really experiment with things and, and figure out where it goes. So I got more music on the way and we'll see uh, kind of what it turns into. Is, is Cuddy hooking you up with all these connections in Nashville, I hope? Uh, Jay has put me in, in some pretty good places. And uh, I'm going out probably sometime in January. I just talked to him the other day. And uh, I'm going to go out there in January again. I got another uh, recording session. But there's there's some things that we're trying to work on. So hopefully uh, all those connections, uh, they, they come through. I know it was probably over a year ago, but speaking of Cuddy, you were a TV star for a moment yeah. on the uh, <laughs> on Very Cavallari. So that's the thing you were talking about, like hearing your voice back and watching stuff. I've never, I never listened to interviews. Like when we were doing interviews and stuff in the locker room, I never listened back to any of that stuff. I really don't. I mean, I listen to my songs now, but I, I actually kind of listen to it more like studying tape and. I found out that I can't be as critical as I was on a football field with music because like music is never like, you can't make it perfect. And if you do, you'll drive yourself crazy. So I don't listen to it often, but I didn't watch that episode either. I just don't like watching myself back on tape or interview. Like I just don't want to hear it. So. I, I miss do that show. It. I actually like that show, by the I way. Know. I, I watched it. My, my wife and I were watching it, and, and it's like, oh, we're having dinner with the Millers. I was like, hey. <laughs> I, was like the, the, I was like the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's pointing at the TV. I was like, hey. Hey, I look at that, that guy. <laughs> I mean, the, it was so entertaining. And my, I mean, obviously, my favorite parts are, you know, when Jay was, he was being featured on there just because, I mean, if you know him personally and you know just like his dry sense of humor and how direct he is in, at some points, just like, yeah, that's that's it right there. That's what you're going to get. And so I, I kind of enjoyed watching it back and, and seeing him do his thing. So has he uh, has he reviewed your music for you? Does he critique it like he might like review your, your routes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's he's on one of my he's he's one of the top dogs on my listening panel. Um. For a reason, though, because I know he'll he'll shoot me straight. You know, if it sucks, he'll be like, yeah, that sucks. And he has yet to do that. He's actually he's been pretty supportive, really, in every in every aspect, uh, which is cool for me because I was. You know, him and I had a, a connection early on when we were in Chicago, so I you know, his his opinion for me carries a little bit of weight. Right. Like I want him to, um, you know, put in. Uh, some careful thought because I know what I'll get back from him. Um, so the first night he stopped over and we were hanging out, had a couple of drinks and he was like, so what's up? And I was like, ah, oh, nothing, man. I just been playing music. He's like, what? I was like, yeah, just, he's like, what do you mean playing music? And I was like, uh, a guitar and like songs. He's like, your own songs. I was like, yeah. He's like, go get it. So we sat up that night for like hours. I mean, it might've been like 4am just going through all my originals. And he was like, critiquing the hell out of it do this do that slow down speed up and like we had a whole like a little mini uh home studio session and that was kind of the night that i decided that i was probably going to move forward and and 
release a couple of these things just because he gave me that final push of like this stuff's actually kind of good. That's really cool. And, and it's and it's cool that you've kind of found this considering, I mean, I think we all feel for the way that your career ended. It was, you know, you of all the players we've covered, I think you've had the worst injury luck by far uh, <laughs> of anyone. Um, and so it is cool to just kind of see you having the success and, and putting the stuff out. You got to work on Cuddy, though, because, you know, you got to tell him he can branch out beyond Waddle and Sylvie. He can come on this podcast. You know, it, doesn't, right. have, it doesn't all have to be about his, his boy Sylvie. Um, so, so yeah, just, you know, <laughs> and, and if you that. ever listen, it's much more his boy Waddle. <laughs> yeah, I should Sylvie. say that, but yeah, <laughs> I will. I'll, I'll put, I'll put the little olive branch out there. Give him, give him a little push that way and see what he, see what he says. He's doing cool things. The man, uh, he's all, he's now doing his podcast. He's yep. always on the run. Well, Jay, Jay's become, you know, we used to joke about the way Jay was with us when yeah. he played and now yeah. Jay's Mr. Media man. Right, yes. you know, with his own podcast. Which so you, you see that a lot. Think of think of that, you know, how he was in the locker room and how guarded he was and the things. You know, I mean, that was a game. He was he was playing that and, and keeping everything close to his chest. And he just he just he's got a circle that he wants to run with, and that's that's who he's going to talk to. And everybody else is going to get this much information from him. That's fine. As but it, see, but you can yeah. always hold over him that you won the media good guy award. Absolutely. I'm actually going to text him that I was, I texted him the other day I was in Chicago and I went through like the run of restaurants that I like to go to. And every one of them was having a private party or, you know, my guy wasn't there. And so I was like, damn, I got to call Jay. So I was like, Jay, I need you to get me a reservation at such and such. And so <laughs> it's just me by myself. And it was Chicago cut. So he calls David and he actually sent him a text. He's like, Hey David, my guy Zach's in Chicago. Uh, you might remember him. He was, he played tight end for us. He's like average at best, like not you know, maybe <laughs> caught a couple, but he needs to come in and have dinner for one. And I was like, damn it, Jay. Thanks. I appreciate it. So they went, I went to Chicago cut. They plopped me down for a table for one smack dab in the middle of the dining room. <laughs> all by myself, just surrounded by everybody else having a, a damn great night. And I just sat there and had dinner by myself. But well, at, least, it at least it was a good meal, though. It, oh, Chicago yeah. cut. You're not, yeah. not going wrong. It worked out well. Hey, uh, Zach, thanks so much. We really appreciate it. And uh, again, our listeners should check out your music. I know they can find it at ZachMiller.HearNow.com. And also, like mm -hmm. you said, all over Spotify and wherever you listen to your music. It's yeah. all out there. And then again, Sunday, uh, out with Miller Lite. Mm -hmm. Great opportunity. If you're not going to be in Green Bay, if you're just going to be out in the city, Zach's going to be out in the South Loop, Westtown, Bucktown, and River North with Miller Lite. And uh, yeah. if, again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see those sweaters are going to be handing out. So. Right here, man. We're handing yeah. these out. Uh, we're starting at noon. We're going to go till 8 o'clock. So it's it's Ooh. a full day of a bunch of Miller Lite. And... and I'll drink responsibly, but we're handing out 50 of these, I think, at each location. So get there early, drink responsibly, but drink, and we'll, ha we'll have a, a hell of a time handing out some Miller Light gear. And for more information, uh, follow him on Twitter at ZMiller86. He's on Instagram as well. Zach, thanks so much, man. It was good talking to you. Appreciate you guys. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box Watching the game later with your friends, maybe get a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan John's polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to Roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Okay, Kevin, I'm not sure if I should have done it or not. I was really tempted, though, to play this. Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. I just, I, just, I don't, I don't know how he, how the, how that would be received. I, I think he would have, I think he would have gotten a kick out of it. I mean, it triggers me, so I can only imagine <laughs> what it would do to Zach Miller. I still feel awful about that whole thing. Yeah, that um, 
that was that was so i mean just as a human that was upsetting just yes. to watch that like you you just you didn't have to be a fan or a reporter or anything you just get the con you see it happen you get the context and you learn like that was how his career ended and we were talking about this off the air the bears almost won that game yeah like it was a game nobody gave him a shot in understandably so it was a terrible team in new orleans against drew Brees. Remember Mitch had like a fifty yard run. Oh yeah, yeah. In that game. And like that was a it was a great throw. It was a great catch. It was a catch. Which Al Riveron later admitted. It was like a year and a half later. Did he? Didn't he count remember we were at the owners' meetings? And he was or maybe he was asked with the new catch rule. I think you asked him. Oh. You asked him with the new catch rule. Would Zach Miller's touchdown have been a catch? Oh yes, that now I because they that. they did change yeah. the catch rules after that year, and he said mm-hmm. he just said yes and didn't didn't say anything else because he knows, he knows. But that's why it was so insulting for him to put that video out. Like uh, Zach Miller, terrible. you just heard him talking to us. He's laying in a hospital bed, and you know, wondering about the his like entire future. At that point, and his leg wasn't even safe. And you put out this video literally pointing at a shadow. And you can go back and watch it. I mean, he's trying to justify the the call and saying that it was not a catch. And he's pointing at a shadow saying it's the ball hitting the ground. There's nothing conclusive about it whatsoever. And that was the thing. They overturned it. It was ruled a catch and changed to not a catch with no evidence whatsoever. And it's just like... That would have been a situation where I would have just not done the video. You know, just like, because that's what they do when they know they're wrong. They don't They don't come out and say they're wrong. So for them to put out a video tr- still trying to claim that they are right. Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. Ugh. There's nothing stopping the NFL right now for coming out and, and you know, retroactively ruling the touchdown. I think they should. Yep. Does that mean the Bears win the game, though? Well, they lost. I think they lost by seven, right? I don't remember. Yeah. I want to say it like, ended up being 10 by the end. Yeah, that was but a tough I, locker room. I mean, everyone was just understandably just down. Well, right, because Zach's one of those guys that like the whole locker room loves. Yeah. And everybody understood the injury problems he'd already had in his career. And to finally get there to a level where he was playing so well. Um. And it was a great catch. Like that's the other part. It wasn't just like a like a walking touchdown. Like it was a it was a really good catch, and it was a good ball by Mitch. It was all there. It's all there. Uh, all right, it is time to dive into this game: Bears and Packers. Kevin's here, so you know he has the three questions. Question one, uh, Hoag. So I'm thinking about Justin Fields. And everything's about him. Everything's about his development moving forward. You want to see progress. You want to see him take these steps. You want to see things that you can tell yourself at the end of the year. Okay, the Bears drafted the right guy, if for some reason you don't think that. And I'm seeing that he's making the type of improvement. So what what are you concerned about? Like, what are you worried about in terms of the way the Bears are going to scheme up this game and like what it could mean for Justin Fields? What? Or I could turn that positively. What do you want to see the Bears scheme up 
now that Justin Fields is back in the lineup in terms of you know trying to win this game, but also you want to see him progress. I think what's so frustrating about this whole thing is that like you you just heard Zach t- talk to us about all the pieces on this offense, and I and I and I agree with them. Like I'm high on Justin Fields. David Montgomery is already good, a really good player, like a really good player. Okay. We know Allen Robinson's a good wide receiver. Why? What is going on with this season that he's having? Even when he, you know, when he was healthy before, it didn't make any sense. Darnell Mooney's obviously a starting caliber wide receiver. Um, you know, I still like overall what Cole Komet can do, even though he had that bad game. He had a good game the week before that. I just there's pieces here. They should be getting more out of this, and that's where it's. So when you ask me what worries me, it's just like, it worries me still in this offense. Why is this offense always like dead last or close to dead last in the league? You know, sometimes I talk about your guys, the the podcast you guys compete with us often, the Bill Simmons podcast. Yeah, that's uh, usually it's the Bill Simmons podcast and then us number two. Right. So, you know, I think one of Bill Simmons' phrases over the years has been like the kitchen sink game, right? Oh, yeah. You know, like you would think like this, this is your kitchen sink game. Just you're throw it all late. out there. Yeah, you're in like, because because this is one of those games where like you, you know, if the Bears win this game, we we talk about this game five years from now, the way that we talk about that Thanksgiving game where we talked about with Zach Miller. Now, it might be a little different because that 2015 core did not really become much, right? But, you know, this core could become something down the line, especially with, with Fields. But, you know, I'm not saying this is like a save the save your job type of game. But this is a game where, you, like, everything you have in your playbook, like every, you know, not necessarily trick play, but every creative thing you can think of, you give. Anything you can think of that would that would help highlight what Justin Fields can do well for you. Whether it's running, getting him outside the pocket lane, just launch it downfield. You know how sometimes, sometimes, when you throw a deep ball, you don't complete it, but you get a pass interference call. Yeah. And or, I'm not saying you should be trying for that, but that happens sometimes. Also, and when you, you don't throw the ball downfield, you can't get that. Also, you get the safeties creeping back because mm-hmm. they know you tried it. You got, I mean, sometimes you got to try it. Hey, uh, you know, Dan Bernstein asked me this last week, actually, um, about, you know, just throwing, just throwing everything in the playbook out there. We kind of saw it with the uh, Bob Dabrowski uh, double deluxe or whatever he calls that play. Yeah, double cheeseburger, yeah. double deluxe. I think is is the name of of the of the call. Anyway, uh, who cares? Just saying. All right. Uh, question number two. Question two. Uh, should would you have Jalen Johnson shadow Devonta Adams again, even when Devonta Adams is playing the slot? So is this question coming from? This is what he did the first time in this matchup, yes. and the results yes. were kind of mixed, right? Yeah, it's he. Adams had two huge catches. Two of his four catches were like game-changing plays. Yeah. And they're both from the slot. And I think the second one, which was kind of like the game-clinching one, Johnson admittedly like made an error on that. See, here's the thing, though. I mean, he's really doing that for the first time. Yeah. And he hasn't really done that since. Um, no, he shadowed Hopkins, but not... But it was... We, we talked about last game was kind of weird. Well, yeah, they 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 use Adams more out of the slot than I think the Cardinals yeah. use Hopkins out of the slot. Um, 
Yeah, I, I my instinct is to just keep him on Adams. And I'm going to give you a very selfish reason. I have I have a thing for wide receiver cornerback matchups, mm-hmm. and especially ones within the division that you get to see a lot. Like my 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 first reaction to rewatching the game Monday was, man, I wish DeAndre Hopkins was in the division, which is a weird thing to say, but uh, it's because I I want to see that matchup more. I, I I always go back to the Charles Tillman uh, Megatron games, like they're the yeah. best. You go back and watch those, those like that was a rivalry within a rivalry. And so, so uh, if we get more, is, as say what you're saying is Xavier Crawford against Devonta Adams doesn't do it for you. Not doing it for me. No, not feeling that as a uh, a rivalry that's going to be around for a while. Jalen Johnson versus Devonta Adams. Yes. So let's see it. Even if it goes wrong a couple times, if he holds in the four catches again, that's a good game. It's a good game. All right. So. My, my third question, we kind of touched on this with the, the idea of the kitchen sink on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to change it up a little bit. If the Bears are going to actually going to win, okay, like what has to happen? Like do they have to do the 2015 where it's just like you get you happen to get a bad Rodgers game and you just happen to have great coverage all night long? Or is it one of those games where your offense like just finds a way to play shot for shot with Rodgers and and maybe you get the one stop or one takeaway that you need and your offense is just on tilt like I just I'm trying to figure out like how because I don't have faith in either of those things happening based on what we've seen from this team but you need one of those things to happen I'm also not even going to say special teams because in 2014 Chris Williams did have a 100 yard kickoff return touchdown Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Didn't did really matter, but you know, special teams, a big special teams play could help. But like, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to figure this out in my head, and maybe it's a waste of time. But like, like, do you do you think they're they're more likely to win this game on their defense, or they're more likely to win this game on their offense if they're actually able to pull it off? Well, this is going to be a cop out, but the only possible answer is both. Yeah, yeah, because because I've thought about can. There were signs of the offense doing some good things. I think we've said that a lot in some games. But like last week, like they moved the ball. They had the turnovers killed them. Absolutely killed them. But they were moving the ball. Um, I think if you actually take a step back and look what was going on with the headsets and all that nonsense, and it's actually kind of impressive how they got through that. Like the calls were getting in, the plays were being run, they were having some success. Like, um, so the question is, can Justin Fields take it to another level? I was very encouraged with how he was playing against the 49ers and Steelers before he got hurt. Now, he wasn't playing well against the Ravens before he got hurt, um, but we kind of knew that that was going to be a weird, exotic, blitz-type game, and we also don't know how long he was playing hurt. Was that affecting him? I, I don't know. He doesn't know when he got hurt. Um uh, But then I just keep going back to the defense, and I'm like, but how is the defense going to prevent like what happened last year when how many points did the Packers have by halftime? Like that too wasn't m- too many. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't a very close game. And I'm like trying to look at reasons that it could be okay. Um, I don't know. Is this defense better off right now than it was last year? They still gave up 33 points to the Cardinals. I know a lot of that was turnovers, but yeah, I'm saying you, you need, you need, you need Hicks and Quinn to just dominate 
Yeah, they like can. they have to, they have to absolutely dominate. And you know that Aaron Rodgers is sitting there on the other side, being like, "I'm going to make sure I do everything I can to not let 96 and 94 wreck this game." And he's like, "I'm not going to let 33, you know, make a play. I'm only going to target him because I don't. I think." I remember Deshae Townsend told us, I think they only targeted Jalen Johnson like once or twice when he was outside. Like, they didn't even bother. Yeah. Um, you know, they, it was only in the slot. So, like, you know that that's the way Rodgers plays. So, it's so hard to see the defensive side of this scenario. Like, what can they possibly do? But you need, like, you need your stars. You need Roquan Smith, Akeem Hicks, Robert Quinn, and Jalen. You, you know what? You need Eddie Jackson, right? Like, you need Eddie Jackson to finally make a play on the ball. Uh, and, and, and you know, and and you know that Rodgers is going to look for number four and not throw near him. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I'm with you. I think it needs to be like I think for them to win this game, it's like it's like you know twenty seven twenty four, where that you know the offense does some really good things and the defense bends but doesn't break and you know gets gets like a, a crucial stop. I can't even believe I made this the third question. What are we talking about here? <laughs> a lot. That's the thing. They got to play a perfect game, and yeah. and they yeah. don't do that. They find different ways to lose every single week. We can look at the matchups. We can predict what's going to happen, and then they do something different. They always find a way to lose. That's what they do. Here you go, Hogue. The Bears are 12.5-point underdogs, I believe, yep. still. Yes. Um, that is the biggest uh, Vegas deficit they've faced since 2017. Since 1980, they are one and fourteen as twelve plus point underdogs. That one win, twenty four twenty two over the Vikings in 1999. And that's not even getting into the fact that just as a seven point underdog, the Bears have lost nine in a row, and they're one and eight against the spread in those nine games. This team has completely floundered as an underdog the past three seasons under Matt Nagy. I think the most amazing thing I took out of all that was that they've only been 12 and a half point underdogs or worse 15 times since 1980. Yeah. Every single time was on the road. Huh? Yeah. All right. Uh, Well, we might as well make our predictions then. Uh, I will take the Packers to win. (laughs) Wow. Bold predictions. Um, you know what, Jerry? I am very tempted to say the Bears cover, though. I think they're getting enough guys healthy. I think... I still think they're fighting. Like, I, you know... They, did, they didn't get trounced by the Cardinals. It wasn't ugly. It wasn't great, either. But they were in that thing. You know, if Andy Dalton doesn't throw that pick right after the O'Donnell gets roughed, the punter gets roughed, that's a 10-point game, and the Bears have the ball at that point. He throws the pick, and then the Cardinals score right away. I'm just saying, they were in that game in the second half. So, I don't know if it's backdoor. Maybe that'll be my bold prediction, that the Bears cover. Can that be a bold prediction? I still think sure. the line, line's a little low. Am I supposed to pick the game now? Yeah, if you want to. Otherwise, you could just... I don't know. if You could pass. I don't know if we do that here. Pass. Packers 41. Bears 20. 
No, Go you know Bears. what? I think what what the Bears scored twenty two points last week. Uh, the Bears yeah. scored twenty two points. Yes, they did. Right, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna bear, give the Bears twenty three points. I think that they will get enough of a spark from Justin Fields that they will get twenty three points, which for the the twenty twenty one Bears is borderline miraculous. So I'm gonna go uh, Packers forty one, Bears twenty three. Okay. Do you have a bold prediction? My bold prediction is Justin Fields throws a 20-plus yard touchdown pass. Okay. Who catches it? A player on the Bears. Jakeem Grant. Ooh. Yeah. By the you way, didn't say, I you would, didn't say 20-plus air yards. It could, that's true. That's <laughs> it true. could be a little little dump down to Jakeem Grant. He goes, you know, a couple, a couple of weeks ago, I had a Demir Bird uh, bold prediction, I believe, against uh, leading to the Baltimore game. And he flew. He, he got open uh, against like a zero blitz. Dalton just missed him. It was oh, like right that. there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, Fields, let's throw a 20-plus yard uh, passing touchdown for Justin Fields in this game. It won't be enough, but I also, I, I just think that I, I'm not expecting, when I say 41-23, because I think last year was 41-25 was the final score, which looked a lot better than it was. I think this will look fine. I think, like, the Bears, I don't, I don't, I'm not, maybe this is some wishful thinking for those of us who have to work the game, that it won't be an embarrassment. See what you did there. Embarrassment. Um, <laughs> all right. We uh, we got to go to house. We got stuff to do. Um, let's right. uh, let's fly through these other games real quick if we can. F*** you, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> all right. F- Fox, uh, 720 Thursday. Oh, we're going to do a Thursday game because it's the Vikings. So this is tonight. If you're listening Friday, apologize. Uh, you can hear our wrong predictions. That obviously didn't happen, but here they are if you're listening on Thursday. Uh, Steelers at Vikings. The Vikings are three-point home favorite coming off that loss to the Lions. Nobody knows how to pick the Vikings. I mean, they're, I, know. I, I, I looked at them like, oh, Steelers without a doubt, so I'm going to pick the Vikings. Okay, I'm going to pick the Steelers. I do think the Vikings bounce back. Uh, but we're going to learn a lot about the Vikings. This could be the game that really determines Mike Zimmer's future. Because if they come back and they just completely lay an egg after what happened Sunday, bye-bye. Um, the Vikings just playing these close games all the time. It's going to come down yep. to a field goal. It always does. So if they're the ones that are giving up three points, then I am going to take the Steelers. Right? It's just I, that, that that's more the reason than any anything else. Um, so there you go. How's everyone doing? This is Nick Foles. Just entered the meeting. Fox noon Cowboys at Washington. Washington, a four point uh, underdog. I should say. How many games? Haven't they won like five games in a row or something? Four? Yeah, it seems like a big number. I'll, I'll take Washington to cover that. Yeah, at home in a rivalry game. I'm kind of with you on that. I like the Cowboys a lot, but four points the way. But this will be the game where the Cowboys just like go off win by 10. They're saying, clearly like the, the better team. The Cowboys haven't been like the Cowboys they were earlier in the season for a couple of weeks, but yeah. maybe this is their gut right game. I feel like Washington, the smart pick though is Washington. Let down coming off that uh, big Raiders win. Charles Leno is giving it to the Raiders faithful as he walked off the field. Props to Charles Leno. Having a good year. 
I know yeah. everyone is going to talk about what happened in week one, which is fair, but he's having a good season. Yeah, he's a solid. He's always been a solid player. Do your research. CBS 325 Bills coming off that loss to the Patriots. Now they got to play the other Patriots, uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks. The Bucks aren't three and a half point home favorite in this one. Yeah, I, I feel like this is a field goal game, maybe, but I don't know what to say about the Bills. Yeah. I feel like Vegas, like we keep thinking that they're better than they are. Like, look, I, I was all over in the beginning of the season, and, and they looked they looked apart after that Steelers loss. They started just wrecking teams, but I don't know. I uh, I like I like the Bucks here, but I guess I guess the Bills could lose by three, so maybe the Bills cover. Yeah, I'll take the Bills. I mean, I'm sorry. I'll take the Bucks. I'll take the Bucks. I don't, I don't like how the Bills are playing. Maybe they'll bounce back, but I don't know. It's Tom Brady. Uh, three. Yeah, I'll still take the Bucks at three and a half. No, don't care. All right, CBS Monday night. It's a good one. Rams at Cardinals. Cardinals are a two and a half point favorite. I know it was a weird game, but I'm kind of impressed by the Cardinals. And yeah, they're good. I, the the Rams beat up on the Jags last week, but the Rams have not been good the three or four games leading up to that. The Cardinals beat it, blew them out at, at, in L.A. I'll I'll take Arizona here. I I, I, I thought this would be a, a more at least more than a field goal. So give me Arizona. Yeah, I'm a little surprised it's as low as it is. I think it's an overreaction to what the Rams did against a bad Jaguars team. So I will also take the Arizona Cardinals. All right, we got to get out of here. We got to go to House Hall. Um, Appreciate everybody listening, watching. Appreciate Zach Miller, our producer, Kent Garrison. Uh, a lot of good stuff on the podcast today. We, I think it'll be you and me in uh, in Green Bay on Sunday. So post-game episode coming from Lambeau Field on Sunday night after we kind of know what's going to happen. And kinda just, maybe they'll surprise. Maybe they'll give us a Zach Miller game. I don't know. But... Um, kind of know what they do. It is what it is. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at K Fishbane. You can still follow John Z at Adam Johns and um, read those guys on The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You can read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe and uh, watch us there. We appreciate everybody. You can find the merch obviousshirts.com. We'll talk to you Sunday after the game. See you. Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. 